This is where the fun begins. General Kenobi! <laughs> Hello everyone and welcome back to Jedi Knights, the official Star Wars podcast of Joy Clicks. I'm your host, Christian Buckley, joined for episode 57 by Mike wow. Connors. I like nine more away, man. It's just ticking it off. It's like Ray in the in the uh, ATAT, just every single day, uh-huh. just one one little more mark closer to sixty six. Mm-hmm. What if? Uh, how, wait, what? I was gonna say, what if we marked? What if we wanted to get like super obscure with the like our Star Wars fandomness of everything, and like that's how we label our episodes. Oh yeah, I'm just just like one tally mark every. <laughs> The, the 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 episode titles are like super long. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I want now that I'm saying that because like the funny thing is that right, like oh the references whatever, but actually the reference I feel like would be using Roman numerals. Do you think there's a Star Wars podcast that numbers their episodes with Roman numerals? I mean, I feel like that's probably what we should have been doing this entire time. Although it starts to become like like we'd be in super bowl territory right now yeah you know <laughs> we'd be like l something or other jedi knights episode l <laughs> yeah literally uh how are you doing mike i'm good man i i told you off air that i was playing lego star wars today uh probably i did you know did that all day had other things i probably should be doing but i did that instead nice. so uh yeah what about you uh, i'm doing well you know we're we're back in our star wars cycle of news well the news surprisingly we both found this year didn't really stop but um no. the atmosphere the feelings of things i'm just I think st- right there right i think star wars news will never stop there will oh. always be something to talk about <laughs> yeah even if it's like tangential it's like oh yeah hey this uh this weird random thing from the colin trevorrow sequel to yeah. episode nine actually literally like you know we're just like we're watching a uh, test footage from a tv show that'll never come out uh, <laughs> but oh. yeah uh so we do have a little bit of real news and a little bit of that type of news this week uh we have let's call him han solo i have harrison ford's comments regarding his thoughts on solo a star wars story uh some mando monday recap for the new merch a little review discussion about this new trailer for the lego star wars holiday special yeah as well as a boba fett rumor and of course our review and discussion of chapter 10 of the mandalorian just call it the passenger but before that mike uh we're gonna kick off how we normally do with our segment from the jedi archives where we pull from the sacred texts of wikipedia educate each other and the audience on something that is either canon, legends, anything involving Star Wars documented in the sacred texts. What did you choose this week? Uh, so I chose a, a character. I think I may have chosen him in the past now that I'm thinking about it again. But I, I may have not. Uh, Lor Santeca. Okay. Uh, d- does that come as... Uh, do, do you remember me pulling that before? I don't think I have. I, uh, I don't think you have, but I know the name. Like, I know that character, but I can't put a face to it. So, uh, Lore Santeca is the... In the opening scene of The Force Awakens, he's the person who gives Poe Dameron, like, the map to Luke Skywalker. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, he was a human male explorer, uh, a member of the Church of the Force, who was born in the waning years of the Galactic Republic. He became a believer in the ideals of the Jedi Order during the Clone Wars, 
despite not being force sensitive himself, and follow the underground faith of his church through the dark times of the Galactic Empire. So I guess he just uh, was a Jedi fanboy <laughs> in a way, and sort of, um, yeah, just like espoused those ideals and, and afterwards uh, helped out the fledgling New Republic. So I'm wondering the Church of the Force, uh, I have nothing to like associate that with but in my head i thought of chirrut from rogue one do you know if he was also a member of this religion or was he was he he was a guardian of the wills right i believe so yeah i don't think he was uh i don't think he was part of the church of the force i think church of the force is sort of like uh like like, like i think it was sort of like people who may 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 not have been force sensitive like worshiping the force Okay. Um, like as a concept is is what i think that is um yeah you know the, the guardians of the wills i think was more of like a ancient jedda sort of thing <laughs> yeah that that makes sense i pulled up Chirrut's page and yeah that is confirmed he was a guardian of the wills he is not a member of the church of the force but uh interesting uh yeah i'm actually i'm looking at the church of the force wikipedia page and it seems as though i was i was right it's a religious institution composed of loosely affiliated worshipers of the force very nice yeah. um, so what about you what'd you what'd you choose i chose a character from a video game that oh. i played a little bit of last week for the first time ever okay all right uh i wanted to call him scissor but it is pronounced shizor mm. prince shizor a how's how does you spell that like uh x-i-z-o-r pronounced Shizor. Uh, all right a fallen prince of house zizhran and the leader of a powerful criminal organiz- organization black sun during the galactic civil war Shizor was a ruthless competitor and charismatic public figure in high society with his headquarters in the city planet coruscant um Shizor was is i believe legends now I don't think she's always been canonized, but correct me if I'm wrong. I think the Black Sun is canon again. I don't know for certain. I the name sounds super familiar, and you know what? What video game is this from? This is from Shadows of the Empire. He's the antagonist. Uh, I I played through about half of that game last week for the first time, and he was introduced right about when I stopped. But uh. Yeah, he was. It was a big reveal. It's like, oh yes, the Black Sun Crime Syndicate. It's like, wait, isn't that one of the ones that Maul was working with in like Clone I don't, Wars? I don't know. I think it may be. I, uh, yeah, I can't say for certain though. Um, I mean, that's interesting. Like, you know, say it is. Uh, mm-hmm. Would you want to see this character kind of like return to the canon in in the same way? Um, no. <laughs> Just because, okay. like, why? I don't know. There's something about his design that i don't love he looks like this is gonna be a a a deep cut i didn't even see this movie but i've seen the picture the live action dragon ball movie their version of piccolo Mm. the green man that wears purple that's all i see it's like a bad version of an anime character yeah i i don't i never watched that movie so (laughs) i'm not familiar uh yeah, I'm looking at the I'm looking at the Wikipedia page for him, and he doesn't he's not really a looker, um, <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah, but yeah, it does seem as though the Black Sun 
criminal syndicate does exist in the canon now yeah because i i think it, maybe like season five or six whenever maul no it was five i think um i think maul is working with the pikes the black suns and the crimson dawn is what that whole thing was i think so interesting well that's a good pick thank you that's yeah. a, that's a real that's a real deep cut how are you liking that game it's fun um it honestly we were talking last week about what we want the next motive game from ea to be right this is kind yeah. of what i was envisioning it's like i i easily if i started like an hour or two earlier and the checkpoints weren't so brutal that when you died you have to start at the beginning of the level um, oh is that's that's like yeah that's really bad <laughs> yeah um if it wasn't like that if there were checkpoints and um i gave myself a, like a little bit more time i probably could have beaten it so i was really surprised that and i'm gonna finish it at some point um but each it's broken up into levels right not like a seamless world progression or anything it's it is level based each level you're like the first level is um it's the battle of hoth you're in a snow speeder and you gotta like take down some of the 8080s then you're in the hangar on hoth and it's like you're going through corridors as dash rendar you're shooting up stormtroopers then the next one uh you're you're in your spaceship and you're flying through space and then it's like an on rails thing you're piloting the gun and then the next one is like okay you're in this sandy area now you're looking for boba fett it, it's really cool and i really like how diverse all the levels were and all of them like they achieved the thing they were trying to do and it felt very cohesive despite being completely different on every level so if yeah. we could get something like that modern day maybe it's like six hours long got a good good spices in there good good seasoning yes please <laughs> yeah you need more of the spice and the seasoning i guess yeah that sounds fun i i know that like that was just a big publishing effort um not just video games and everything mm -hmm. um, do you do you think that maybe you're, you're gonna want to like look at some of the other media that came out i'm i'm not too sure because i know there's comics but i don't know if those comics are available easily so uh i might look into like some youtube videos i'm sure there's some star wars youtube channels that like have everything documented very well but i'm sure yeah uh i'll say this too because dash rendar was my thing last week for jedi archives um i was i was fully expecting shameless han solo clone and he has some different delivery so he's got his own vibe going he's he fills that That's void good but but he wasn't a one-to-one -one clone okay so not a one-to-one -one clone but like pretty similar though like, yeah yeah okay <laughs> but i was surprised well, that's 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 good uh yeah maybe one of these days i'll have to have to play it uh, once it goes on sale again yeah yeah I, I just i picked up that and i picked up uh battlefront 2 classic for like five bucks the other day on steam so yeah, when you see that on sale, you got to go for it. Honestly, man, that's what I felt like when I saw Lego Star Wars, and now I'm just <laughs> now I'm finally finding the time for it. So hell yeah. Um, well, that does it for the Jedi Archives. But speaking of Han Solo, we have some quotes regarding the future of the character in movies, TV, Disney Plus, what have you. Uh, in a recent interview with Lights Camera Barstool, Ron Howard was being interviewed 
about his his involvement in Star Wars. And Lights, camera, bar stool? Is that like a bar stool sports thing? I'm assuming it is. They have a million different outlets. I, I don't know anything they do, but neither, neither do I, that's why I was I mean Yeah, I mean I saw that name and I was like, I'm assuming that's what it was. Regardless. Uh two quotes. First up, we have one about the the hashtag movement and what it means for a sequel. Uh Ron Howard said, There's no rumblings though, and this is not a spoiler or anything, but I think there is interest in those characters. I think there's interest in the gangster world somewhere down the line, but I can assure you there is nothing being developed right now for a movie or Disney+. Plus. But one great thing is there has been a lot of affection shown for Solo, and so of course that keeps boding well for them to eventually turn it around. What do you think of that? A lot of, of yeah, stuff we've I'm... speculated, but... It's a lot of stuff we speculated, and like honestly... Whenever I hear somebody, you know, of Ron Howard's stature, you know, directing a movie for Disney, like is very involved in the process and, you know, probably has connect, like definitely has connections with higher up Disney people and knows what's going on. Like when they say that, when, when he says like, oh, there's nothing in the works, like I just don't believe him. Uh, I, or, or, or just like, it's hard to believe him. You know, it's like it's like how can we take anything that he says seriously about these issues? Yeah, because uh, like because even if even if something was happening, he'd have to say it's not happening, right? And and like he said, there's there's a lot of uh, interest in the characters and stuff. Like it would be kind of silly that they didn't do anything with it at some point. Yeah, uh, and I don't know if it's necessarily in the works right now. Mm-hmm. I I would be surprised if they weren't talking about it. You know. Right, because remember, we earlier this summer we talked about that Lando series that is, I don't remember if that was officially confirmed or what, but uh, that I would fall, I would count as like falling under the requirements or the meeting the, the boxes of a solo project, you know? Like it's Donald Glover reprising his role as Lando, so. Um, yeah, totally like i would count that so yeah I, i'm with you i don't necessarily believe him but it's interesting to see him talk about it and say like continue fueling the idea that yes the hashtag does get notice on an executive level so that's so good to see definitely i mean it's just only a matter of time till disney decides to do something with those characters I, you know it's not one of those things that they have to do immediately it's not like alden Ehrenreich's really gonna go away anytime soon sure um, so mm-hmm. and like just because i know people bring this up it's like oh so what five years from now alden ehrenreich's gonna be older than han solo or harrison ford was when he played han solo in a new hope doesn't matter oh it literally doesn't matter i mean they could just like they can tony stark him you know yeah. just make him look mad young yeah easy very easy uh speaking of harrison ford though ron howard also provided some insight uh apparently Harrison Ford finally saw Solo. I don't know when this happened, but the last thing we heard of it, he did, he said he didn't see it. When, um, was, when did when was the last time he said he didn't see it? It must have been like right near. I, I think it was at Star Wars Celebration, like two, maybe two celebrations ago. I think he was on a stage with Carboni, and Carboni was like, "Oh, did you see Solo?" And he's like, "No." I love it. <laughs> like, I think that was it. Um, <laughs> so according to Ron Howard, quote. Harrison Ford liked Solo and very much, or sorry, Harrison Ford liked Solo very much and was supportive when he saw it. He was so gracious and complimentary to Alden. He said some things publicly, but privately, 
It was really great to see him put his hand on Alden's shoulder and say, great job, kid. And Alden worked so hard, and it was a very high-risk situation for him, and he was a cool customer, and was really a pleasure to work with, as was that entire cast. They're just a great bunch. I could just visualize Harrison Ford just, like, putting his hand on Alden's shoulder and being like, great job, kid. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's that's such an image. Like, <laughs> uh, That's really sweet. Yeah. Yeah, and it, as both of us walked away from that movie, re- really loving his take on the character. So, like, hearing, I would say, what might be giving a blessing or a slight behind-the-scenes passing of the torch, you know? Like, I, 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 that's cool to hear. It's cool to see. Totally. I mean, it's undeniable. Like, Alden Ehrenreich did a very good job. Uh, I don't think really many, I don't think most, I feel like a lot of people, most people can just agree on that fact. Say what you want about, like, the movie in general, but, like, he did a pretty good job portraying the character. Yeah. Um, And, yeah, it's nice to see or hear that Harrison Ford, you know, thinks similarly to us um, since he is that character. (laughs) Yeah. Now, He, he really is. How much of this do you think is Harrison Ford being like, great, they don't need to get me anymore? <laughs> probably a lot of it, honestly. Though he does like the money, which is probably why he came back for episode nine. <laughs> yeah. You're probably right. How much you, you want to bet they paid him for that? Oh, a for lot. episode nine? Absolutely, man. I'm convinced. They yeah. Paid. They yeah. paid him a lot. That wasn't a favor. No, no, no. I'm saying, like, I wonder how much they paid him. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. I, I bet it was like slightly higher than what the, the sag rate is for being on set for a day yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> uh but you know who is also stepping into some big shoes the cast that is filling in for daisy ridley john boyega and oscar isaac in the star wars lego holiday special yes yes because we did get a trailer finally we did i uh, i think it's at, the, at this point, it's confirmed that uh, Ray, Finn, and Poe are being voiced by other people. It is not uh, Daisy Ridley, John Boyega, or Oscar Isaac playing you those know, characters. It's, fu- it's funny you say that because, like, the date, whoever was voicing Ray definitely sounded different. But, mm-hmm. like, Finn and Poe, I didn't really notice. Um, yeah, I, I think I could be wrong on this. This is just going based on what I heard because I did see that Kelly Marie Tran and. Um, uh, Billy D. Williams, they're playing their characters, and we did talk about that in previous weeks. So I would have figured that if they were reprising their roles, they would also have headlines. Um, but sure. yeah, yeah, they, they, to me they sounded off. I don't know if it was actually them, but uh, about like a ninety-second trailer got a good setup. Had a that Home Alone Christmas track when they're all running around the house whatever christmas yes. song that is that was playing the whole time <laughs> that that song never fails to get me hyped about christmas yeah um so it seems as though like ray finds this uh you know i don't know if we want to get into that really quick uh, oh, yeah absolutely yeah go for it yeah i mean so the trailer shows uh what seems to be the plot of this uh holiday special and it seems as though ray gets this like key to time and space and she goes in the past uh through all the movies um and it seems as though palpatine is obviously looking to scheme and get this and use it for his own evil nefarious use 
Um, so yeah, therein lies the plot <laughs> of of the holiday special. It seems. Um, yeah, initial gut reaction. What do you think of that? Because I think this was like spelled out for us before. I think we got a synopsis about it, but like this is like seeing it in action, seeing the tone they're taking with it. Where, where do you think? I think it looks great, man. Yeah. It really does. It really does. It's got the um. It it just feels really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, like the gags just like hit every single one of them. It feels a lot like you know the old Star Wars video games in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and like I think it's just an interesting way, uh, like an interesting plot device to sort of just get all the characters in this one movie, right? Like. Yeah um it's it's creative um it it probably would i don't we don't know how it's all set up in in the movie yet but i'm sure it makes sense um and and the fact that palpatine wants to get it and and use it for his own nefarious use like that's classic star wars right there it hits all the buttons for me to be honest yeah the trailer full of puns so i appreciate that yeah Um, there's some really great jokes in there and they very clearly much like the old lego games i think they have a like a ton of tongue-in-cheek sort of approach to like the criticisms that some people have in star wars like there was like the stinger at the end of it was like old han and normal episode four han and like they were looking at greed and they're like oh do you you want to shoot first you want me to shoot first like and they both blew him away at the same time so like it's stuff like that so i'm wondering if they'll touch on any of the critiques of the sequels because like it's it's a fun thing you know it, it's a it's a fun like we're all laughing with each other about how ridiculous star wars can be at times i because i don't think this is gonna be canon i think it'd be very funny if it was it was just like yeah there was like after we buried the sabers we did this whole time travel thing at one point and then luke saw like three versions of himself <laughs> yeah i i don't think it's gonna be canon i think it's just a fun little thing that they're putting out um and and like i don't i don't really think it needs to be canon uh yeah but but yeah i mean like it 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 just for me like it it really just hits all the all the buttons it's a very good like star wars uh it's 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 good lego star wars action in my opinion um yeah yeah i agree uh there was also a poster that was released alongside the trailer uh, the poster did showcase Finn yet again wielding another lightsaber. Of course. <laughs> and it was a yellow lightsaber. Interesting. So. I didn't see this, so uh, maybe I should look it up. Do you think they're going to s- try to uh, do some Finn is Force sensitive thing in this? I, I bet when we're introduced to the Life Day episode, I bet within the first three minutes, like the, the opening is Ray helping finn train like doing some meditation or something you think you know? so yeah. yeah and then he's acting like a goofball like when he like when he was trying to interrogate phasma i'm expecting that energy from lego finn and then, interesting and then like oh is all of a sudden we find this star chart that leads to a time travel puzzle key so yeah no it's interesting actually i'm looking at the poster right now too and both ray and finn have their own yellow lightsabers yeah so i'm wondering what that is like is it just again (laughs) them using the same lightsaber at different times i don't know but uh, it's possible yeah yeah now i don't know if they set a runtime for this i'm expecting it to be like 40 minutes or shorter 
I'm expecting, yeah, like 45 minutes, maybe even an hour at most. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be something that you could like, you could put in on an hour, like on TV or something. Um, yeah, I, I think so too. Yeah, but I'm looking forward to it. Uh, that is dropping on November 17th, so there will be one more episode before that's out. Um, and yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's gonna be a fun time. Are we gonna review it? I hope we do. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, hundred yeah, percent. We're doing a full yeah. review of that. It looks great. I'm so excited for it. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I think uh, this is like I need this because I was super excited for the for the game to come out and then mm-hmm. this, they totally that didn't work out. So <laughs> you make good points. Um, hmm. Why don't we talk about some Mando Monday stuff? Because oh yeah, Lego Star a, Wars merch. I took I took a look at this as well. Mm-hmm. Um, there were two standouts for me. Uh, one of them was just because of the episode we just watched but there's a new funko you can get of the child eating eggs out of the the canister of eggs great (laughs) yeah um you can get that that is a funko that is going to go on sale you can also for i think 120 bucks you can get a black series helmet replica of the mandalorian's helmet now that's cool yeah if i had 120 dollars that i didn't want i would probably buy that yeah it has like it seems like it has like some sort of flashlight on it Mm -hmm. um yeah i don't exactly know like what the uh what the what the features are here but it looks like really nice i i hope it's like good quality and stuff for 120 bucks i would assume it is i i've seen uh in stores before like the the boba fett one or stormtrooper one from that line and they always look like those are the nicest looking star wars helmets i've ever seen you know i haven't like touched it or like put it on or anything but like i've seen it on display and it always looks really nice yeah so, yeah that uh, well, was cool yeah was there any other standout merch for you today in this new batch i and i thought the uh the remnant stormtrooper looked cool uh I'm just into the new Black Series figures, and I'm just like waiting for them to make a Cobb Vanth one. <laughs> <laughs> I really want that. Yeah. Uh, the moment that comes out, I'm buying it. <laughs> um, yeah. Because I, I just yeah, that's that's what I want to see. Um, but otherwise, yeah, not it, it seemed pretty pretty late. I like the Remnant Stormtrooper though. Yeah, the Remnant Stormtrooper was cool. It, I don't I don't know if that's teasing anything to come or if that's just like in reference to some of the ones we saw in season one but it, it did look cool uh but yeah mando monday yeah, continuing. it seems like that's more in reference to uh the ones that we've seen but who knows mm-hmm. well you, you're talking about uh cob vance getting a figure right uh we're talking about this, all this merch uh, last week i think i don't know if we talked about this but i think you sent this my way that disney and lucas recently did a trademark for boba fett like they renewed one it's a brand new trademark yes. for boba fett now this week uh via deadline the mandalorian season three could begin filming this month wow but there are rumors that potentially in the same report from deadline Rumors that another Mandalorian-related project, possibly a Boba Fett miniseries, 
would film first starting next week and then the mandalorian season three would start production after that wow that's interesting i mean we haven't seen any boba fett yet yeah so like or or like very little boba fett (laughs) that's why i'm kind of inclined to believe this because last week go check out the last episode we were dead set that this week was like the other half of the story on tatooine of like what okay mando gets back to the child boba fett tracks him down xyz happens he gets the armor back and that was not what this episode was so i can't imagine we go back to tatooine again this season maybe we do but i don't know so like what happens with boba fett like we saw him look out at the armor is he gonna track him down this season is the miniseries about boba fett tracking down dinjarin and then season three they meet up and then they have their big conflict that we get built up in boba fett's miniseries like where where do you think this is going do you believe this what's up i mean okay so i i think like you know we're only two episodes into the mandalorian there are six more to go it's very possible that at some point boba fett can show up again mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be on tatooine uh you know it could be somewhere else um you know who knows where he parked the slave the slave one right like okay. He could have, he could have crawled out of the Sarlacc and hopped right back into that bad boy. So who knows? Um, I I don't know what the deal is going to be. I think that it's probably likely he's going to show up again in the season, and they're going to sort of like use that as a backdoor pilot to to sort of get people hyped up for this mini series. If this is true, I, I I find it odd though that they're already like putting all of their chips into that basket before anybody sees anything um boba fett related i think though like his name alone could you know a lot of a lot of people will be interested in it just because of his name is attached to it right i think were you talking to me before i don't know if you talked about this on the episode but didn't you say like you your dad watched the episode and like you had to let him know it was boba fett's armor and that was boba fett yeah, I mean, like, I would consider my dad, like, pretty, you know, pretty, like, Star Wars savvy, and, like, he didn't notice that, which is, like, I don't know how savvy you are <laughs> if you didn't notice that. But, like, you know, it, like, you got to think that he's not the only one, right? Like, Right, um, so, like, just having a show titled, like, Boba Fett, like, he'd know that, right? He'd recognize that. If you had, if you let totally. him, you're like, hey, that is Boba Fett. It's like, oh, yeah, I know Boba Fett. So they're doing a show? Sure. Like... Sure. Yeah, I guess it was just like my whole thing is that it would be weird to do that if like he doesn't show up at all. You know what I mean? Like he mm-hmm. hasn't shown up in any like capacity, any like any any serious capacity yet. And they're already putting their chips into that basket. But, you know, he is a popular yeah. character. He's been around for a while. Yeah, the interesting thing, I think why I could believe it despite the point you're making, which I think is a fair point, is that with the case of Boba Fett it's interesting and it's rare because he is literally a blank slate they could do anything they could do anything they want with that character literally (laughs) and people will watch it because it's called boba fett i don't know if there is any other character in star wars that gives you that much of a just 
again, just a complete blank slate, and you, no matter what, you have so many people tuned in just because of the name. Like, maybe you could have done that with Darth Maul before he was introduced in Clone Wars again, but I don't know who else you could do that with. Yeah, I mean, Darth Maul would have been the only one if you didn't have him in Clone Wars. Mm. The thing is, the thing that gets me, though, is that, like, the Mandalorian, like... He seem he to me he seems like what Boba Fett what everybody imagined Boba Fett would be you know <laughs> like yeah. like it seems like it seems like because Boba Fett didn't have that much of a personality or a character in the original trilogy people sort of like made up their own headcanon about him and like by and large I feel like that's that's like where the Mandalorian comes from like to me like the way the Mandalorian acts and the way he is is like how I as a kid envisioned boba fett you know so it makes me wonder like are we just gonna have like two characters like this or are they gonna like go a different way with boba fett i there i think there's a lot to be explored um because he has a lot of history that people are familiar with um just depends on where they go with that yeah and i think that's where the miniseries part is interesting because if it is similar in like tone or approach to the way it's presented to Boba Fett, or sorry, to uh, Din Djarin, then I could see relegating that to a miniseries so it's not just, like, oversaturation. Um, I think it would be a bit more of, like... Uh, the Mandalorian is al- already a little gritty, you know, and it's a little dark in terms of the way he handles situations, right? It's He's not, like, a good guy, He's kind of in the gray area. He has a good heart, but he'll he'll murder people, you know. Like, sure, he yeah, won't hesitate. Yeah. I I envision if they do a Boba Fett thing, they're gonna want to be like they're going for the edge lords of like, oh yeah, you want like crazy dark Star Wars, right? This is right. the Boba Fett. Show. Like, I I think they could just like make it distinct that way. Um, I don't know if they would do that because. I think your comparison of the way you're seeing you see Din Djarin act is what you envisioned Boba Fett act like. I I I would still think Boba Fett is more of a villain in my eyes than Din Djarin ever could have been. I know. I I guess what I'm saying though is just like you know the way that the Mandalorian was set up like in the first, gotcha. second, third episodes. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. yeah, yeah that sort of vibe of like this guy is sort of like a bounty hunter like on the edge of space like doing things and like he's like a lone wolf that's how i sort of imagined boba fett but you are correct like i would also say that boba fett is definitely more of a villain character Mm -hmm. than the mandalorian which makes me think maybe that would be a good sort of back and forth between mandalorian and boba fett uh either throughout this tv series or the miniseries um Mm-hmm. there could be there they could play off each other really well i think yeah uh one other question or idea i'll throw out there too is that if this is going into production before mando season three and as of like a week or two ago mando season three is still on track for next holiday like do you do you think we have like a ton of star wars shows next year like because Cassian's supposed to start shooting soon so do we get just like Cassian a Boba Fett miniseries and then the Mandalorian and then the Bad Batch next year is that just like a ton of stuff 
I mean, you know, it's going to be one of those off years, right? It's going to be, again, like one of those years that we don't get like any movies. Mm-hmm. So they're going to have to fill in the gap somehow. And I think that they're not going to let us, you know, they're not going to leave us high and dry. So if we're not getting a movie, um, it's likely we're going to see something like that. I mean, this year feels like a little bit different. It's just like a bit of a specific case, 2020. Mm-hmm. Um but like yeah i think i think that they probably had that in mind for a while yeah i think that's a fair expectation to have for next year i hope so at least i just want to see more star wars stuff (laughs) yeah because at the very least we do get that batch right that's that's coming so that's true uh with that though why don't we talk about the star wars tv we have right now that is chapter 10 of the mandalorian this episode is called the passenger uh, it was directed yes. by Peyton Reed, the director of Marvel's two Ant-Man films, Ant-Man and Ant-Man and the Wasp. And uh, I'm just realizing now that that's probably why we had an ant character in this episode. Oh, Dr. Mandible? Yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> that That is probably there because of that. <laughs> that was like a yeah very creepy alien um i was reading about it mm-hmm. i was reading about it and apparently like people think it's some like legends creature from uh alderaan oh that's cool yeah i i really liked the uh the lighting on it in that scene because it made it look like shimmery in that way that only stuff in like episodes four and five are yes so that that was like super cool to me i was like hey that looks really nice um it, it did look really good it looked like definitely one of the uh one of the cast of characters in the cantina in episode four yeah mm-hmm, for sure but this episode uh shorter than last week's you know we're back into that about 40 minute mark uh this one is deviating again from what a lot of people want the show to be it was holy side quest it was entirely a side quest now just baseline impressions i enjoyed it again as someone who would be completely fine if just every year we get eight episodes of this awesome star wars character having a bond with this child and then they're just doing stuff together in the galaxy i'd be completely cool with that if that lasted eight years and that was all we got you last season mentioned that you were just waiting for the the plot progression granted we're two episodes in and last week you said you've sort of reassessed that expectation what did you think of this episode like straight up straight up like i wasn't as into it mm-hmm. um as i was the first episode of the season mm-hmm. um, i have to say i would be lying if i said i wasn't just a little disappointed that it was like another side quest uh because i do think that the first episode like while side quest i don't think is the right way to put it it didn't like necessarily push the overall plot forward very much um i wanted to see something like that come from the second episode of this season since we do have limited time uh and you know i i guess i was disappointed on that front because it did seem sort of just like random um but you know other than that like it was very fun to watch uh it was just cool to watch you know them go on this adventure again and like i said before when we were reviewing season one it's not like i didn't it's not like I disliked the episodes where they went on like some sort of like one-off adventure. It's just that, you know, I felt like there was a lot of them. 
Um, I'm not sure if that's going to happen with this season, but overall, like I liked this episode. I thought this. I thought the spiders were kind of creepy. Yeah. <laughs> but, I, <laughs> but yeah, it was interesting. It, like I, you know, it, every Star Wars, every episode of this show is going to expand the lore. So that's something that I'm interested in. Um, but yeah, I guess if I had any qualms, it would be that it doesn't push the main plot forward as much. Sure, and that's completely fair because I was full again last week, fully expecting this week to be the Boba Fett episode, and it was not. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, like it's it's weird though because like we only have eight episodes, eight episodes, right? And we're already on episode three, and mm-hmm. there hasn't been much forward progression yet. Right. Uh, I will say it seems like. I don't know where we're going to end up when we kick the episode off next week, but it seems like we're going to a new planet where potentially we may see Sasha Banks, who may or may not be Sabine. So, like, I think there's a set number of things that I would say are probably first half of the season based on the trailers we had that every episode we don't do that is getting closer to the episode where that thing from the trailers there be it sasha banks or uh grief and kara or the scout troopers on the on the the speeders right like i think those things come into play within the next two episodes because i do think i feel in my marketing brain that the second half of the season is mostly unshown right now probably yeah yeah so i mean i i don't know it's one of those things that like i feel like this episode though it may seem underwhelming at first i i have like this feeling that it's going to fit in yeah um since it does seem like a two-parter you know what i mean um it leaves Mm -hmm. it leaves it off on sort of a uh a cliffhanger so you could if you know if you want to call it that um but but yeah i mean it's it's, it definitely is one of those things that i feel like might have in you know uh, when we watch all the episodes we look back on it and say oh you know it showed us things that at the time we didn't necessarily realize but yeah what's up with that what's up with the eggs like what like what's why is baby yet eating those why'd she need to go fertilize them like what's the point Mm -hmm. Uh, i feel like that's that has to have some significance yeah and even if it's not a lot i think it might be something that comes into play eventually because like think about even within this episode right there at the very end when dave filoni and the other uh new republic fighter pulls up to save the day they're like hey we ran your things warrant on your arrest because you broke out prisoner xyz from this rebel transport and that was the season one heist episode so like yeah yeah. that episode that we thought was like super cool but had nothing to do with anything i wouldn't say there's consequences but like right now there's like hey we're like consequences isn't the is the right term here but like not to the extent people are wanting right like season one is like oh we did this why tell me why it's like oh down the line he will come into a situation where people know who he is and know what he did and that might harm him in this case it didn't but like i could see this episode and what happened in this episode have some sort of effect like that down the line even if it's not this grand uh consequence you know 
Yeah, and we've already seen, you know, some some consequences, some ripples of like, you know, actions and decisions made by the Mandalorian, uh, you know, show up in other episodes, like you know when he escaped Navarro and all the Mandalorians had to help him, you know, Fennec Shan used that against him and in, in or tried to use it against him and like, you know, get that other bounty hunter to to to, to, to uh, turn on him. You know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, so like, you know, it's possible that it'll show up in some other way, but. I mean, overall, I liked the episode. I don't know how you're feeling on it. Um, no, sure. I, I liked it too. I, I thought it was charming. I like, honestly, again, respect to all three actors that portray Din Djarin because it, it is 90% of the episode is him speaking with a frog that does not speak any English and yeah. the child, you know? So, like, it's a very tight cast and I, I think it still is entertaining to watch the whole time, even though there's one person speaking English, right? Like, and I, right. It, it goes just to play into the Mandalorian playing to the star, the side of Star Wars that is the production aspect. You know, it's not just like the story or uh, the spectacle. It's like, hey, as a production, this is pretty intricate and it's interesting to watch and it's entertaining to watch. So on that angle i liked it i thought it was uh a nice again new well not it's, it's like it's going into tropes of like an escort mission basically but definitely we haven't seen that yet in the show you know so like playing with that a little bit here i liked for sure uh yeah it's interesting it's it's fun to sort of just like I don't know. Like I, I say this all the time, and I feel like a broken record, but it's just something that like it all adds to the lore. You know, mm-hmm. if we if it doesn't if it's not like progressing the story that that much, it's just adding more to Star Wars in general. And I think it's it's cool to see this like just like weird things like why couldn't why couldn't they go to hyperspace? You know, I guess because her eggs would fry. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just super weird. Um, and I guess that that planet that they went to, we were all speculating was Ilum. Mm-hmm. but it turns out it's not or it doesn't seem as though it is yeah, yeah it, it very well could have been we just don't know they didn't be like oh pull up our star chart it was ilum um i would i would say it's probably not because we know it was under empire control and the first order took over it and they say it was new republic space good call. so i don't think it was good call good call not, um, to, not to just like totally like blow that up. <laughs> mm-hmm. but yeah um I'm trying to think of anything else. It, it was cool to see Dave Filoni back. You know, he's basically a space cop <laughs> right now. Yeah, I know. It's like, I don't know. Like, what's next? They're going to get pulled over because, like, they have a busted taillight or something. Yeah. Um, but I didn't understand, actually, that, like, the Republic X-Wing pilots, like, let them go at the end. Um, mm-hmm. Just seemed weird to me. They're like, oh, yeah, we decided to save you. And we'll give you this one off. <laughs> yeah, I think it was... So, I, I watched it today. So, like, I have some fresh lines in my head. But I think it was something to the effect of, like, hey, we ran the Razor Crest. You have a warrant because you uh, broke this guy out of prison. But we also reviewed the records. And we saw that you spared the life of a rebel pilot. And you... Uh, oh were responsible for the death of like three most wanted people and i think that was the crew from the episode when he made them all blow up in that station right right 
so they're like because dave filoni was the one that blew up that station it was him and uh deborah chow and one of the and rick famuyu i think yeah right yeah they destroyed that space station (laughs) so mando's tip led filoni to probably get in a nice promotion because he got these like three high targets so he's like you know what we'll let you go just be cool you know what i noticed um you know this is just something that i I watched like a breakdown of this episode Mm -hmm. and uh they they noted that when baby yoda like goes up to the canister full of eggs the eggs like move closer to him as though they're like mm -hmm. attracted to him i thought he was using the force i mean i don't know he may have been yeah it, I, they, they definitely moved toward towards him. Though. I don't know oh, if it yeah. was just, I don't know if he was doing it to them or mm-hmm. if it was like a natural reaction, right? Um, yeah. Lots of Baby Yoda dining in this episode too. Yeah, he's one hungry boy, man. <laughs> yeah, like he ate like five, on screen. He ate like four or five eggs and then uh, a, a spider. That was yeah, like that. That was a feast. <laughs> he really, he really like it's kind of interesting this this episode like uh the mandalorian like uh, you know the whole time i was kind of just like oh is baby yoda going to use his like force powers right like do like you know wave your hand to do something while all these spiders are attacking you and he doesn't and so i kind of was just interested in that because baby yoda puts the mandalorian in a predicament and makes his job like way harder for him yeah and I'm glad that he didn't like use the force because they could easily just use the baby Yoda as sort of just like a like a panacea to all the issues that the Mandalorian comes into. You know, he waves his little baby hand and it's all good. Mm-hmm. So it's good to see that like in a way, like the Mandalorian has to like he's a liability for the Mandalorian in some ways. Yeah. Um I I was right there with you the entire episode I thought uh he was gonna have some sort of influence on the conflict to like get them out of it but was i I wouldn't say i'm surprised that he didn't but his role in this episode was really interesting to me because i feel like we saw the child in ways we haven't a ton like sort of what you said as a liability but not just for the fact of him being what he is just in terms of him being a child yeah you know so i like that i I also liked um sorry what were you gonna say i was just gonna say like you know he was a liability and before in the sense that you know they and still is in the sense that other people are trying to you know capture him and that's dangerous in and of itself but like like you said he's a kid Mm -hmm. so it's kind of cool to see the mandalorian have to deal with that aspect of it Mm -hmm. and just even going further with the fact that he's a kid is like i really liked uh seeing him like uh mando and the child just sharing the bunk like he put him in his little like hammock and then he just got in underneath him and then like also when he was like sleeping in the cargo hold and then he just like cozied up to him and then like, no that was a so kid. cute yeah, yeah that was so cute when he like yeah puts his head like rests his head on his arm or stuff yeah and like uh, he's working on the ship he's like dad <laughs> something help. and he's it's like adorable. do you want to be useful or just go back inside like i, I like that they're building up that relationship more and uh i this episode specifically had me thinking a lot of the future of like 
So is he going to let him go eventually? Like, is he going to actually let him go to the Jedi? Or are they just going to be like, nah, we're just going to hang out? <laughs> Ooh, the Mandalorian. You mean, like, is the Mandalorian actually going to let the child become what he's supposed to be? Yeah, is he just going to, like, give him up? Because, like, I don't know. I, don't I think know. about it a lot. I don't know. I think that's going to be one of, like, the main character moments for him. Because yeah. he was a fa- he was a foundling, right? Yeah. So it's like, does does he sort of condemn Baby Yoda to that sort of fate as well, or does he does he give him like love and a family? Yeah, I who don't knows? Know. Or is he the family he only the only family he ever needs? Right. Uh, or yeah, who knows? But, uh, do you have any Maybe other? the Jedi will be his family. Yeah. Yeah, and then he gets cut down by Ben Solo, dude. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Oh man, no! <laughs> Could you imagine if Baby Yoda's one of the one of the Padawans and they get cut down? <laughs> See, this is why he has to go to Ahsoka because that way Ahsoka can survive that, and then Baby Yoda can be the future. You know exactly, exactly. I want to see Ray. Uh, yeah, I want, I want to see Ray train Baby Yoda. Exactly, because what by then he's probably like. This is the age and competency of a youngling, right? So, like, maybe I don't know. You know, he would have been like seventy. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know how that shakes out, but uh, getting hypothetical on this one. So, do you have any other thoughts about the episode? Um, no. I I'm just excited to see the next one. It does seem sort of like a cliffhanger, mm-hmm. so it should be good. Yeah. Um. I. I, I was looking at the end of the episode for a planet because I thought we were it was going to show them drifting to a planet, not just drifting into empty space. But in one of those trailers, it did show this current banged up Razor Crest floating towards a planet. So it could be trailer editing, but I believe in the trailer it was implied that the planet they drift to is the wa- the water planet. Yeah wouldn't make sense if there's this amphibious character they're also working with so i could see realistically maybe next week we are on that water planet we are at that dock area where it looks like sasha banks is so we'll see yeah we'll see with that being said uh that does it for this episode and that episode of mando so mike until the next one where can everybody find you uh you can follow me on twitter at mike p connors very nice uh you can follow me on twitter instagram and twitch at chris and buckley this show is available on youtube youtube.com slash joy specifically is where you are if you're watching the live premiere uh we have a variety of other shows on the youtube channel as well so if you're new be sure to stick around This show is also available on podcast services like Apple Podcasts or Spotify and a variety of others. So if you're on a platform that allows you to rate or review the show, it'd be greatly appreciated if you did because it helps us out a ton and, you know, helps the show find more people. And if you also want to get involved further, patreon.com slash joyclicks, one, two, or five dollar tiers gets you a variety of rewards and access to things and producer credit for some like Chris Zakis and Aaron Easton. But that's going to do it for this week's Mando Monday episode of Jedi Knights. Uh, I, I love, I love, I'm, I feel like we, we talk a lot about the Mandalorian. So 
I treasure and cherish the episodes where we get to review episodes, uh, review episodes of the Mandalorian. So yeah, half most of our summer was talking about Mando news and rumors. So now we actually just get to live it. So enjoy. It's the, it. ca- it's the catharsis here. We got six more weeks of that. Are we gonna line up? No. What do you mean? I was gonna say, is are we gonna line up so episode sixty six has a Mando review? But I don't think it does. Oh, that's that. <laughs> we're we're planning things for episode sixty six. Oh yeah, we have to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, but until then, we're fine. Everything's fine. How are you? May the force be with you. Hello there. This is where the fun begins. General Kenobi. <laughs>